Welcome to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello, created for entrepreneurs and online business owners who know that business gets to be different from what we've been told. Join me and my entrepreneurial guests for insights into how they've created wild success while dropping the hustle and honoring their well-being. Because I believe that success is more than a financial destination. It's how we get to feel every day. This is probably going to be the realest and rawest podcast episode I have ever recorded. So real and raw that I was literally in my shower thinking about the theme of what I wanted to share with you today. And I just simply had to jump out, put my headphones on, pull the mic out and just start recording because it was just all flowing through so effortlessly in a way that sometimes when you schedule these things in, it just doesn't flow as well. I'm sure you get me on that one. This week, in this podcast episode, I'm talking to you about the theme of visibility, but not in a wishy-washy, generic way, in a very real, rooted in last week's experience kind of way, in terms of an actual scenario that came up for me, which really, really threw me. And I've been sitting with it since, and the learnings have just been spilling through. And I wanted to share them with you because I believe, actually, when it comes to my bigger mission and vision in life, which is supporting women to take up space, to make money, to be in power, to make powerful moves, to balance the inequilibrium there is in the world right now between men and women, deeply rooted in my feminist values, what I recognize is one of the things that holds us back so enormously, myself included, is a fear of visibility. And it was this very same fear of visibility that actually held me back immensely with recording this podcast, which perhaps at some point I might talk delve into more deeply with my gorgeous podcast producer, Lucy, but it was a real thing. And most interestingly, as is the case for many of us when it comes to our blind spots is it was a blind spot. I boldly went and hired Lucy, not recognizing that it would be a massive mental block getting on the mic and recording. And similarly, last Friday, I went for a VIP day in London to meet up with my new PR coach, the beautiful Rhiannon from Garnet PR, who is, if you're interested in PR, go check her out. She is just a sensational human being, um, really knows her stuff, but just also oozes that warmth and groundedness that you look for in a coach. So anyway, I went there and I was just sheerly, I was just sheer excitement, just really, really excited for a day of opulent thinking. You know, we were going to, we were in the most beautiful hotel in London, honestly, one of the nicest hotels I've spent the day in. Um, the bar area was, area was stunning. We had a gorgeous lunch with beautiful glasses of Chablis and finished the day with a champagne toast. It, it was Chef's kiss. I mean, I could not have had a more beautiful day. When, when we're thinking about the expansion of our business, you know, being in those kind of surroundings, being supported by someone beautiful like Rhiannon was amazing. So I went along really excited about this day. I told my team, I was like, right, one of the next steps in our business is visibility. We need more of it. There are people in my world who are loving what I'm doing, but there just aren't enough people coming into it for that to be as regular as I'd like it to be. So visibility is the obvious next step. So I got to London, we had a beautiful deep dive day looking at all the stories and boy, are there a lot of stories. I cannot wait for her to support me in turning them into wonderful things for you to hear more about. 
And of course, that in itself is quite a vulnerable experience. Looking back, you know, most of you know my story of the fact that I was a single mum, sat on the balance ball by my windowsill, working from a very tiny flat with two very small children only just over two years ago, and the way things have massively propelled since then. So there's been juicy things to talk about and real, you know, real things, real themes to discuss. And it felt really exciting um, and wobbly at the same time. And what was interesting at the end of the day with the lovely Rhiannon, as we were toasting with champagne, I let out a little confession because she said, how are you feeling? Which, you know, most good coaches do. And I said, to be honest with you, today has brought up way more feelings in me than I was expecting. It's quite wobbly thinking about what publications would you like to be in? What themes are you happy to talk on? They, these were bigger questions than I thought they'd be. The kind of questions that if you read them in a, I don't know, like on a free free downloadable or something, you, you'd probably just skim the surface with them. But having somebody look you in the face and ask you with deep intention, with you know the kind of conviction that it made you think that there's every possibility this can happen and knowing as well in, in business and in life, when you have firm conviction behind your choices that they are far more likely to happen, I found myself wobbling around having firm conviction about what I wanted. And what I recognized was the root cause of this was a fear of visibility. And what was behind that was a fear of people disagreeing with me or not liking me, which is really interesting, Um, particularly as a neurodivergent person who quite often has people misunderstanding her in day-to-day life and has never been popular. Even I was surprised by my fear of it all, but then it got more interesting this is where the curveball came in. And she and I were sat there and I shared this and she received it with, you know, just loveliness. Weirdly enough, despite having ignored my phone all day while being in her company, because I really was determined to give all my focus to my time with her and really fully immerse myself in the experience. As she got up to go pay the bill, um, I... I, I had a brief glance at my phone and I saw, you know, as you see the little notification pop up, I saw what it looked like a few really angry sentences um, as a RE email, you know, you know, a response, a reply. Now, as you know, when it comes to marketing, if you follow any marketer, you've probably received emails before, which start with RE, you know, in response, which for a moment befuddle you and make you think that you've actually, you are getting a response, which I freaking hate that tactic, by the way. But anyway, that aside, I, I so when I saw that for a moment, I thought maybe it's that, you know, Maybe it's, and I was like, and if it's got that really angry, like feud front line, well, that's definitely going to get people's attention because I'd never received an angry email like that before. And so I just couldn't, my, it didn't compute for a moment that I would be receiving a message that was layered <laughs> or introduced with that level of kind of, but then, oh my gosh, I, I kind of started, like the ball, the penny was it started to drop, the penny dropped. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do actually think this might be for me. And so I think lovely Rhiannon was returning to a seat as I kind of, you know, as I was starting to recognize, no, Polly, that was an angry email. And can we sit here knowing we've just received an angry email or do we need to look at it now? And why am I calling myself a we? Let's ignore that part. So I, I opened the email and I said to her, I think I've just received an angry email. <laughs> And it brought up all the feelings. I really wanted to, in that moment, while sitting in that beautiful bar in the finest of company, after having dreamed up a beautifully expansive kind of forecast for what it is I saw for my business moving forward, in that moment, it was almost like being in the matrix. Like everything around me was like an illusion. Like all of it was in panes of glass, which shattered 
And suddenly I was this little girl in the playground, cold, uncomfortable, wearing that really uncomfortable school uniform that kind of rubs against your neck, looking at all the girls running around playing and just feeling really alone and really misunderstood and sad and unloved. Like it was amazing. This, this little child inside of me just was there. Like everything suddenly felt false. And what felt really real was this huge sensation in my body of just, I mean, my throat, I could feel a constriction around it. I could feel a kind of tightness in my stomach. I felt a bit sick. I felt a bit like sweaty and a bit dizzy. And I am a very real person. I wasn't going to kind of laugh off something that was very genuine. And I also didn't want to allow it to be more than it needed to be in that moment. But what was interesting was I just observed what was coming up for me with a kind of compassionate curiosity, which is what I believe we all need to do more of in life. You know, we don't judge ourselves or go, oh, look how pathetic I am. Look how this message has really thrown me. Instead, I just observed what was coming up and just, you know, showed myself some love. You know, I almost found myself in my head, you know, applying the kind of affirmation of you're loved, you're safe. Okay. This isn't about you. And at the same time, I believe in life for us to really, really take the learnings that are available to us. We do need to allow the ego to step aside, you know, we, we need to allow space for these lessons to really truly land. Because what happened in that moment, and what's really interesting is they talk about the cycles of grief, don't they? They talk about the different phases you go through. And so there was the disbelief when I first saw the message, like I wasn't wanting to believe it was possible that somebody could be sending what felt like an attack on myself, you know, and it was in some ways because it was questioning my values. So in the immediate term, I felt, you know, a bit of anger because one of the things that was being questioned, I'm not going to give away all the details of the message because it's not really about that, but I will talk about what it, I need to share something, otherwise this won't land or make sense to you. But essentially the thing that was being questioned was a message I shared very strongly around one of my biggest values, which is that I believe there should be more female owned businesses in the world. And this was questioned, called tacky, called, you know, various other things. I can't remember the words exactly, but essentially this was take this was brought into question. However, there was wording around how I'd express this and that I'd use the phrase, I believe there are too many white men in suits in the in the business world. And I guess I should dwell on this part momentarily because it will help you understand the process that came up for me around all of this, which was what was interesting was that I stood by those values and beliefs and I recognized, and this was also with some help with my coach, who I highly recommend whenever you're in a a pickle, do reach out to a coach who knows you. But I reached out to her about this and she highlighted to me what I already knew to be true, which is neither of us were wrong. Her message wasn't wrong. My message wasn't wrong. And that really helped me detach my ego from the situation because there was a phase beyond the disbelief, where I felt some anger, where I reached out to my copywriter who helped me share those very same words and said, can you believe? Um, So there were all the phases. I shared it with my team as well, you know, because I just was at that moment, I guess I was doing the very human thing of looking for my kind of close friends and allies to kind of pack around me and say, you're okay, Polly, you are safe, you are loved. And that's very natural. And fortunately, I was in a kind of emotionally mature enough state to not take it any further than that and share it on social media or anything like that. I I did what was needed and nothing beyond that, which 
is good. I think if ever you're in an emotionally reactive state, do not just go straight to social media. It rarely ends well. Anyway, so I did that. But this reflection for my coach, Natasha, was really valuable because it was very true that ultimately one of the things that comes up when someone is angry with you isn't necessarily like it's that sense of why do you not understand me? Why are you not seeing me? Why is it that you can't see that I've got a good heart, a good soul, good intentions? And where is it you feel there's permission for you to be so rude to me? (laughs) There's all sorts of things that come up, right? And I wanted to share all of this because I believe that ultimately all of us at some stage in our life will go through this process, whether it's a Facebook status that really riles someone and somebody starts responding, whether it's, you know, being in national press and and various people commenting and, and sharing stuff that just you know, is not pleasant to read. We'll, we all experience it in some capacity and learning how to deal with criticism and learning how to deal with anger is, is an essential tool essentially to being a businesswoman, a woman, a human being. <laughs> and so this, this experience was really interesting because, you know, what happened to me was that, well, because this happened so rarely, it was a really good opportunity to learn, like I say. So, I'd gone through the disbelief, I'd gone through the anger. And then I spoke to my coach who, yeah, really added that beautiful kind of reframe, which I was aware of because what, you know, deep down I was sad that this woman had some level of sadness or that I triggered some kind of anger in her with my messaging. Her experience, her interpretation of my words where I shared that there are too many white men in suits was that I saw it as a situation that there should be less of them and more female business owners. Well, I never saw it as a, we must exterminate all male business owners. <laughs> there are many unfair advantages that men have in the working world, which I will always stand by and say that is true. And I also know many of the wonderful men in my world, my brothers, my father, and my son who's too young to know any different, would all stand by the very same messaging I share in that email because ultimately they would agree that there are lots of men in power and that it would be nice to see a few more women run the show. Essentially, what was being attacked was one of my core values, which is a very deeply personal one for me. And because as I shared with my team, as I was kind of going through that anger phase, I was saying, there have been so many instances in my life where I have personally experienced and witnessed the difficulties. And then let's throw onto that on top of that, the fact that I became a single parent at one stage and essentially couldn't find work that paid me well enough to be able to afford to send my children to nursery and pick them up from school or pay for a nanny that I I have been on the kind of rough end of like on the receiving end of the imbalance and inequality that is rampant in the corporate business world. Um, so yes, I do feel really strongly about it. So this is definitely an area I'm going to be diving into more deeply, but that's where the anger came from. That was, But that was also ego, right? That was ego because it was how can you not see things the way that I see things? And ultimately, this reflection I had from my coach helped me recognize that she's right and I'm right. Her experience is, is as just, just as valid as my experience. Her feelings are just as real as my feelings. I don't know the backstory as to what brought up those strong feelings in this um, particular person when she read my message. And I don't really have any um, desire to explore that much further because I don't think it's important. But what is important is that her words were valid. And what's really special is in the moment when I first received that email, I was like, do I ignore it? And it's just not in my nature to ignore things like that because then they just, they just nestle somewhere uncomfortable in my body 
to kind of reappear at other awkward times. So I knew I wanted to kind of face this head on, but not in any of the moods I'd been in previously. And once once I'd sat down and breathed and reflected on the fact that she is human, she's having a human experience. She shared it with me, perhaps in a way she may already be regretting, but either way it's out there. And so actually I just responded to her very similarly to what I've shared in this podcast. And she then sent me a really lovely message where she kind of said, I appreciate in the online business space, you have a very short time to make an impression on someone and, you know, that we don't always get our words right. So this is the thing, right? I went through all these phases. I went through the denial. I went through the kind of shock and anger. I went through a period of really deep self-reflection on what needed to be learned here. One of my biggest takeaways was, and this is going to be very relevant to you as well, was that our words matter. That was the thing that really felt the strongest for me is I looked at that email that had provoked that reaction and I read it again and I read it again and I read it again. And I could see where there was room for somebody to perceive my words as words being said with anger. Well, anyone who's in my world knows that when I say anything particularly like that, generally speaking, there's a certain element of tongue in cheek. Um, And, you know, anyone who's in my world knows, for example, that I don't hate all men. (laughs) But in some cases, people only have a small moment to get an understanding of who it is that you are. So we do need to, to a certain extent, choose our words carefully. Also on the other side of that, I also believe we need to be deeply compassionate with people and understand that, you know, as human beings, we either perfectly hold ourselves back or we imperfectly move forward and to create, you know, hold space for that imperfect action and allow people to learn as they go, because that's how most people do. But yes, I I thought about the words that I used. And one of the things that came through most strongly was When we are out there in the online business world, one of the core things that people talk about almost like a marketing gimmick is your mission and your vision. Like what is your bigger vision for the world, for your business, for what what it is you're doing? And I've often referred to this thing, you know, your mission and vision as being immensely important for being the thing that carries you through when you have a bad financial month or a bad financial week or one awkward client because ultimately kind of rooting back into that big mission and vision is the thing that can help, you know, keep you feeling stable and ready for what's coming next because you know what you're doing is so much bigger than yourself. And similarly, it was a very similar kind of, like this is the kind of conclusion that I came to after going through all those various feelings around visibility was ultimately do I stand by my words with conviction? Do I truly believe in them? Am I communicating that mission and vision in the way that it is meant to be received? Um, Understanding that ultimately, when you have a big mission and vision, it's very hard to crystallize that into a few words. And most people need to be in your world for a while to truly understand the broadness and depth and expansiveness of it all. But that's really what it came down to, because essentially what I really felt at the end of the day was sometimes people will be triggered. I don't go out my way to trigger people, but it's also not my responsibility to protect people because ultimately you can just be saying I'm having a cup of tea right now. And someone may say, 
I don't have hot water or I'm allergic to tea. And so even the most simple sentence can be something that can bring out provoke a reaction in someone. So we can't spend our whole lives trying to protect people from their triggers. And ultimately, when people have situations where they feel triggered, I, you know, in, in the same way that I was triggered by this, um, this email, it was my responsibility to sit down with those feelings and, un- and work through them and understand what was coming up and understand, understand what I needed out the other side of that situation. And none of that, none of that responsibility lay with the woman who sent me that email. That was all on me to work through and understand And like I say, what's really beautiful about that process is I came out the other side understanding, is your mission and vision big enough, potent enough, well communicated enough? Let's go deeper on this because what I know to be true is when I am truly anchored into the real work I am doing here, I don't mind if I ruffle a few feathers. I know I won't be for everyone because I'm not here to be vanilla. I'm not here to be quiet. I'm not here to not say things that matter. And when you say things that matter, there will always be people who disagree. You know, this is part of the revolution. This is part of supporting women to build businesses that are sustainable and scalable and give them true life freedom is understanding that along that journey, there is learnings around our emotional resilience, two things that can be universally triggering for many, for many different reasons. And in my case, visibility had some certain things that it brought up that I'm now more deeply aware of, which means I can manage those better and and work with those. Um, When I recognize them getting in the way of me jumping on a podcast and recording or inviting somebody on to do an Instagram live. But more importantly, understanding that I'm going to ruffle feathers and that's okay because the bigger mission and vision is more important. And so this is my invitation to you. If you're listening to this and recognizing any of yourself in this, if you recognize that, is it that I don't like Instagram or is it that I really, I'm just, it's just too anxiety provoking to think about what it is I'm going to share on there. You know, is it that I don't want to record a podcast episode or is it that I'm worried that I will say the wrong thing or that my voice doesn't matter or that my words don't matter or that somebody else out there is already saying it better than me. Having an awareness of our stories in the first place is immensely powerful. So firstly, it's always taking the time to be quiet enough and still enough and calm enough in our body, you know, getting, you know, doing some deep breathing and hearing what stories need to come up. And then once those stories have come up, it's, you know, taking the time to actually lean into what you need to learn from those, you know, and and moving forward from that. But like I say, lean into your mission and vision, get really clear on it. And if you don't have a mission and vision that is strong enough to lift you up through all these limiting beliefs and stories you're telling yourself, then it is time for you to get your journal out and go deeper. So that's my invitation to you, my friend. If you go and do this and you feel lit up and excited about it, do feel free to find me um, and share with me what that is. And in the meantime, if you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, please do rate it and review it and do all the things that you can do with the podcast, share it with your friends and let's help get people past this visibility block together. Lots of love to you. You have been listening to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you enjoyed today's episode and are keen to hear more, come on over and join us behind the scenes at Embodied Business Revolution on Instagram. We can't wait to say hi.